Welcome to another episode of The Core. Yes, it's a topic that you know I'm very passionate about, leading women into tech. It's a podcast dedicated to amplifying the voices and stories of women who are making a significant impact in the technology industry. We're hoping that this podcast provides a platform for that and for accomplished women in tech to share their journeys, experiences and insights. And this one is another amazing story of a woman that was the part of a business that was grown by her husband who had no interest or understanding in tech but had self-belief and drive to be in tech which is fantastic and she was in a finalist for award and she has lots of thoughts and we cover my same old interesting things about how we can get more women in tech Welcome to another episode of The Core Podcast. I'm delighted to have a new guest onto the podcast, again virtually, um, and a new person that I'm meeting. But thank you so much, Danielle, for joining us. Um, For anyone that isn't aware of you and your business and what you do, would you be able to give me a brief introduction to yourself and and how we've kind of ended up on a podcast together? Yeah, of course. Um, thanks for having me. Um, I own and run a company called Black Nova Designs with my husband, Kyle. Um, the business started in 2015 um, and it's now 2023. So we're, you know, bordering <laughs> the 10 years. We're getting there. Yeah. Um, we provide um, website design, website hosting, domain registration um, and all of those things and email support that basically seem really techie to most people um, and also are usually bought from outsourced uh, suppliers. We're providing you something that is actually UK-based, fully um, accredited, and we can sort of, you know, you can buy it yourself or you can come through us, but basically we are your one-stop shop for everything IT um, that you can actually get hold of. You also said off the podcast, there's quite a uniqueness about you, the fact that it's completely completely sustainable is that correct yeah so our website hosting um we own all the hardware the hardware and all of the servers are based uh in swindon in a data center that is uh 100 uh powered by renewable energy so we can officially say that all of our hosting is sustainable and environmentally friendly so green green hosting is what it's called in the you know hosting world but it is sustainable uh we've got a couple of other um what's the word features around the sustainability um each month we adopt a coral from the coral reef um to help with the restoration of the sea um that means something to us rather than planting a tree we wanted to do something that means something to us and something to the community um and we're also an authorized tech recycle center for hardware so obviously, I mean, I'm really passionate about that. Um, I, I sit on the board at Quarter Cloud and the corporate social responsibility thing is something that I'm trying to take on more. Um, and when we started looking into how much it costs to be, like the areas that you wouldn't even consider um, makes you ungreen or un- non-environmentally yeah. friendly. Um, but it's a big, it has to be driven from the top and everyone has to care about it. Was it something that you you and your husband were both passionate about? Was it an experience? Was it because a client? What was the driver for you guys to, to go that way? Because obviously you could have stuck to how everyone else does it, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Kyle is probably the driver of everything tech uh, from a network and server point of view. Mm. Um, up until sort of the last 
two years. Uh, so when we first started, we were the same as any other web design company. We resold hosting uh, through someone else. Um, and when it came to the point where we were ready to, you know, invest and push forward in our own hosting, it was in incredibly important. In fact, it was the driving factor as to where we were going to put those servers. Um, we wouldn't even consider anyone that wasn't um, using renewable energy or that didn't have any sort of green statement ready to push, because I think now is the time to start thinking about that. Yeah, agreed. And I think everyone's having a big shift. Do you think um, it has been like um positively received by like your customers and your clients do you think that that is an engaging reason of why they're working with you or have stayed working with you yeah i do 100 percent. um i think it needs to be authentic as well i think there's a lot of uh, mm -hmm. talk around being green as a tick box exercise uh for you know the giving back of most companies and smes feel pressure to do so uh we didn't we did it from a place of you know actually we feel that we should we feel actually passionately about the fact that our children need yeah. to see what uh, impact we have um and that's why we we chose the coral guardian as well you know rather than planting a tree each time again felt like a very much a tick box exercise we needed something that meant something to us um so that's why we chose the you know, restoration of the corals as well as the data center that we did for our servers. I hadn't um I hadn't actually heard of Coral Garden. We um when we were trying to map it out, all board members had to say things that were important that allied to them. Because like you said, you can say, oh, we need to do this because it's good for the company, but you've also got to really mm. care and buy in. And it was quite interesting that when we were all talking about every single one of us, the board really cared about something different really passionate yeah. like it's sustainability in some way or whether it's education yeah. or anything like that but we all had completely different drivers so I, I love the fact that you've wanted to go that way but you've also found ways into it that align to you and you as a family and as your driver because I think like it's like anything you can put values on a wall but if you don't have the buy-in or you don't believe in it it's easier to cut corners yeah. or not or not trust on that exactly so you say your husband's very much the the technical focus. Um, yeah, you've also survived working together. Most people would say that's not a good good concoction. <laughs> Maybe that's a different podcast. Um, but were you technical? How did you get into it? Was it even an interest? Because most um, women don't naturally in all, go into tech. Uh, in, yeah, no. Interestingly, um, no, I wasn't even interested in it. Uh, I was actually a qualified accountant uh, working. Uh, as a groom as well, part-time for a horse yard, you know. So when I met Kyle in 2015, no, tech wasn't on my radar at all. It was on his. Black Nova was indeed, you know, started. Mm. Um, but I did have a lot of passion, a lot of drive, and I didn't really like the work that I was in. Um, so he was already running Black Nova as a part-time part job. He did have a full-time job in the tech industry. And we discussed it and I said, look, you know, there's an opportunity here for me to learn more, to find out more about the industry and actually sell what we do and make it make it a full time business. And we don't have to work for anyone else anymore. Nice. Um, so it was a real steep learning curve. Not going to lie. It was it was a lot of late nights. It was a lot of uh, discussions. There's nothing that you can't ask me that I haven't already asked someone. There's no stupid question that I haven't asked Kyle or I haven't Googled or I haven't. Um, so I think in that respect, I come from a very privileged sort of scenario whereby anyone that doesn't have a tech background, I can relate to. Yeah. Um, but now I'm eight, nine years in, I can also hold a conversation about a domain name, DNS, 
you know, MX Records, uh, website hosting, it, you know, what what is website hosting and why? You know, I can do, I can hold a conversation about all of those things and even top tips as to what to do with a website. So I come from a place of, you know, it wasn't on my radar because tech wasn't for women, I don't think, very available. And I still don't think it is. Yeah. I don't think it's something that anyone even assumes that a, a woman might do. No. Um, I will answer the phones in the office sometimes and there will be an automatic assumption that I'm the receptionist. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, automatic. <laughs> or HR. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a, there is definitely an assumption made or, I mean, I, I, I similar me coming into this uh, marketing background, um, came on freelance, they wanted someone on when they were growing the business and I'd done a little bit in tech but not a lot. Um, but I do believe if you've got an like a drive or an interest or a reason to be there, you you can Google and as long as you're in a safe environment, which I was very much so and it sounds like you were, allowed to ask mm. the stupid questions, go, I'm sorry, what does that acronym actually mean? Because all you're just saying is letters. Yeah. Um, could you explain that into layman terms? Um, and generally, I found that tech, although technically very sophisticated, when explained quite black and white you're like oh okay you know I, I get what that means and as long as someone is there to help hold your hand allow you to make those mistakes and ask those questions then I do believe technology whatever angle you come in at sales or in, as a techie or as a marketeer or any uh, department is open to everyone because interesting most of our staff now actually don't have a cybersecurity background they're just passionate yeah. about the about the topic um yeah yeah, my, I think most of my passion comes from the, the want to help people and, and educate people um, and be able to provide something that, quite frankly, when I wasn't in this industry and I was at home alone, who would I have called for IT support? Whether I was running a business or whether I was on my own, who would I have called? And I honestly can't even tell you now you who that would be if it wasn't for Black Nova. Um, and that's why we provide, you know, the YouTube videos that we do. We try and do those those black and white explanations that you were yeah. talking about, we try and make sure that it's as easy as possible to understand. If someone is so inclined to learn, they're there, 20 minute videos, you know, they're not three hours. Um, and we try and educate because it's not about just, you know, getting money out of people and being like, right, here's the next invoice. Here's the next. It's about actually, no, this is what we provide. This is how we provide it. Why? And what you can do, you know, to help yourself as well. And to get the most out of the relationship with you, that's the, that's the yeah. key to it. Obviously, yours wasn't a natural um, direction into tech. And obviously, it was a catalyst of meeting Kyle. What's Kyle's background and how? Why was he so driven by offering this service and, and doing it a different way? Um, the reason for him is that he's always wanting to learn more. Mm. Always. He built his first PC at the age of eight. Um, and then <laughs> continued to to push the boundaries. Uh, he, you know, built a Wi-Fi system at his secondary school. Um, you know, okay. and 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 the same thing went on from there. You know, he just built these things. So there were a few things that he did that maybe were a little untoward at the time. You know, he's a teenager, but it was all a learning curve. Um, and he just his point of view is that technology is limitless. Yeah. And he and that's where Black Nova came from. It's sort of to do with the space mm. and, and outer space because, again, his belief is that technology is an enhancement 
um, and that there is just no nothing that isn't possible. Um, and he loves it. And of course, the AI thing coming in as well. He's really passionate about all of those things. Yeah, very similar to us. Ours is very space themed. Felt exactly the same yeah. when we were doing branding that uh, it was. Yeah. Yeah, endless possibilities, the fact that yeah. you can look onto the horizon, it could be something totally different. And like you said, AI, um, even from me in a marketing perspective, look at ChatGBT or AI plugins to social media now, AI plugins into Canva now, like things that were so not possible or you needed so much expertise to do. And now, the you know, the, it has opened and you're able to do so much more. So I think, yeah, I can understand why he was completely driven and, and excited mm. by getting into technology. You've mentioned that you've had the phone calls and people make preconceptions because you're a female. Um, yeah. Do you feel that there are other challenges or other barriers that potentially women may face breaking into tech? And is there something that, you know, experiences that you've learned that you would, I don't know... Um, think would help people to also mitigate it or avoid or 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 or, or maybe just be mindful of those um i think there's i yeah networking events can be quite difficult when you say that you're in tech mm. um people are like oh you're just in sales i was like no no i run the company i i know what i'm talking about um there's still you have to justify yourself if you're a woman in tech I don't feel like it's just an assumption that people are going to be like, oh, amazing. They don't even ask what you do because they think you still don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still a big assumption. Um, I think the way to fix that is to start from the bottom up. So at school, I'll be honest with you, there was no opportunity to look into tech. There are computer science uh, now at GCSE, I believe, or programming or software in some schools. But it's not the, that's not what we do. Where's web development? I, I, Where I, is the availability for, for anything like that that actually yeah. appeals to, to women? But do you also think it's because there's not any, like, is that right? I'm, I'm winding it back to, like, when I did IT, and I'll be honest, I'm from the MSN generation, and yeah. all I learned how to do was use MSN Messenger during IT, get around whatever blocker it was, and chat to whatever young man I fancied at that time so that was yeah. that was my IT experience occasionally using an excel spreadsheet was yeah. really not interested but absolutely was not given any reason why I needed to know it all I knew was that I needed to pass English math science the things I liked and I would get into college and then therefore I take the things I like I go to uni no one ever went oh by the way by the time you go into work everything will be on a computer like if someone had mm-hmm. said that, I'd have been like, oh, okay, maybe I need to take a bit more notice. Or, you know, mm-hmm. you're really passionate about X. This is how a computer would be involved in that job or for you to to do X. Um, that was yeah. never, ever put in my realm. It was just always like, oh, so you can do spreadsheets or programming, right, or building. And I was like, well, I'm never going to build software, so I don't need to understand. No one ever put tech in a context of a job or an icon or someone that I wanted to be for me to care about it. I mean, we've just sat in the no. corner, you know, he does all the audio and the filming and all that sort of thing. It's probably different because he's younger than me. But I don't remember ever <laughs> being at school and saying, oh, if you want to go into film, you're going to need how to use video editing software and this yeah. that. because then that would have been like, oh, okay, well now I need to understand computers. Yeah. I think sometimes it's not having the right end goal for you to understand the path to get there or having 
icons or people that you respect to be like, okay, that's where I where I want to be. Like, oh, I want to be a famous film producer. Yeah. Well, they will definitely use tech in some way. You know, it's yeah. it's. I think sometimes that I think it's yeah. You, know, you get pigeonholed into you know, I'm going to do English because that's a foundation thing that I should do and maths and things. And I just don't yeah. think IT's there for that. And if anything, what job can you walk in today now that you don't need a computer? I can't. I actually can't think there's one. There's not. There's not. And and I don't think it's made interesting or available at all you know my daughter's at secondary school now and she does ict mm-hmm. and you know she's she's now in a generation that spent what three years in covid learning off a laptop yeah they know how to get themselves around a pc <laughs> yet in ict in year seven they're still learning how to open powerpoint and create a mind map or open teams and create a meeting and i'm like well hang on you know, where are we here? What, again, like you said, what is the end goal? You know, what what is the end goal here to teach them how to do this? Uh, if it was poised to them, that actually the reason you're learning how to do this is because it's going to help you in your career because most people use Teams and actually PowerPoint, You, if you're going to be a speaker or if you're going to present to people, this would be really important for you. It's not given to them like that. It's just saying you need to learn this because this is a tick box. I'm going to give you the instructions and this is what you need to do. And it, it is not exciting. It is not, you know. But kids are fast. Like I was the other room day, my daughter so was on. Yeah, they're so quick. And my daughter was talking yeah. to Siri about something that she wanted. And by the time that she'd found some video that she must have done at school and found then the worksheet that came with it. And she came up to me, she's like, oh, this is the worksheet I want. Do you think you could get it and, and print it? And she's nearly seven. Yeah. So she was like on Siri yeah. going, I think it was number bonds by Matt. Or something and she worked it out and finally found the youtube channel then went onto his channel then clicked his website and she was like this is his website i think there's a worksheet that i want to do could you find it for me and within like a three three or four minutes of me searching his website i found it and downloaded it so she could do it because she wanted to do it and she enjoyed it at school by the time she's 11 or 12 if someone's asking her this is going to teens and this is, she's going to be like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm asked siri to do it like, i'm out i'm out like yeah. i checked out yeah yeah exactly like this is boring yeah, because they can um, they can TikTok yeah. edit videos themselves. Like, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, you know, Zoe, she's eleven. I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, you know, she shouldn't be on TikTok. TikTok actually has a fourteen-year-old age limit, um, but she's actually had accounts taken down by TikTok because they were seeing being seen too much, mm. um, and they took it down and said that she was too popular for her age. <laughs> So if she gonna can edit, strive she can edit a it. video to the point that TikTok actually get hold of her and say, nah, no more. Yet she's in an ICT lesson saying, right, you need to be able to open PowerPoint. Oh, that's what I mean. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not. People aren't, you know, the education system are not only not providing something that sounds exciting or useful, they're not presenting it to them at the level that they really already are at. Um, I'm with you. I didn't get a mobile phone till you know, way later in my teenage years. Oh, they are all reliant on mobile phones and tech now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. Like, I keep saying that she's not going to have, my daughter's not going to have until she goes to secondary school. I don't know if I'll be able to get it that far down the line. <laughs> we'll see. We all, we all, like, but yeah, well, I mean, when I got my first phone, it was pay as you go. Didn't have a video, didn't have yeah. a camera. Like, the odd text went no. here and there. And yes, yeah, it's, it's a completely different world. And it's how, like you said, how do you bring women in and how do you fight? Whereas, you know, if an ICT class brought in top five top TikTok influencers and we're going to use programming on how you can yep. make video or video software and stuff, 
then they'd be interested. Like, yeah. but it's just, it's just, it's just, yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's con, yeah, it's having those right icons and also the end goal and concept of why they're doing it um, mm. makes it far more, far more interesting and to get them in. Uh, interesting that you said about networking. Um, I don't know if you, I, I, I my, my worst networking event at this company was um I went and um I was chatting away and my son had potential chicken pox um and one of the guests laid into me about the fact that I was a mum and I chose a networking event and I was at work and wasn't looking after my child and that was my responsibility um and I was like wow. oh no he's perfectly capable my husband to look after my son but I was yeah. I remember getting in the car feeling really deflated and going round in circles of like oh am I a bad mom um but yeah it's those preconceptions and those things of what why can't the dad be there why why you know and I think mm-hmm. it's those things that make the barriers even harder for women because we feel guilty mm-hmm. as it is whether you're a, you know not you know not everyone's tried to have children but I think that's another guilt um we've get imposter syndrome because we are the only woman in the room and you feel like you're being stared at so i think there's other barriers as well that make that even more uncomfortable um to stand your ground and be there and um yeah and it's interesting that you felt the same occasions too so it feels like it's not just a thing on my own yeah no definitely i think it's i think it's an unusual thing to find uh, a set of parents that actually do work as a team yeah and and the husband or the partner actually does look after the children <laughs> yeah. um i do find it uh amusing uh, you know kaya will always do the morning run mm-hmm. you know for dropping off that's the way we are you know i do the afternoon he does the morning yeah um and he would get more of uh you know stick for doing that because he's actually being a parent than oh. than i would because there's there's still genuinely you know in this day and age a huge assumption that that is a job for me and not for him by other people, not him. He would never say that. No, no, no. <laughs> but it, it just, it, you know, or he would say, right, well, I can't get to that networking event because it starts at 8 a.m. That's that's dead on school yeah. run. And actually, then you start to realise that so many business meetings and so many events are run within the time that you'd have to leave early for school or get there late. Mm-hmm. No, nothing seems to be built around a working parent model. Nope. Or, or, or yeah or, how, or working family or or it's even when no. people you get invites and I'm like oh, I'm that's half term <laughs> they're like yeah, oh is that, yeah. a, is that a problem well unless you want two children popping along then yes that would be a, a <laughs> yes. bit of an awkward what would network. you like me to do if you could yeah. put, if you want to put on a crèche at the same time that'd be great but yeah, there, yeah. I mean there's so there's all those you know there are those barriers with women as well if they decide to have children yeah. On, on added on of that if you don't have that support with network or but it, it's funny that even like communication from schools the default is the emails go to mum right yes it's like i got something yes. this week and my husband's like about um my son's preschool that they needed water bottles and he was like i haven't seen that email and i was like yeah it, it came through like yesterday um and like you're okay to make sure it's packed in his bag he's like i definitely haven't seen that email and we were like oh no just i got it just uh, yeah. i received it it didn't yeah. go out to both parents it just went to me and i was yeah. like Hey, there we go. Because I get, uh, we have fights. Because I'm like, well, you must have seen the email, da, 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 da. and I'm like, why did you not pack that? It said that in the, in the thing. Because he's, you know, very fifty fifty, and that's how we are. Yeah. Um. But we yeah. realised yesterday that his comms are not the same comms that I get. 
so he can't no. be 50 50 involved or involvement so that i mean even yeah. that's a barrier for men isn't it if a, but men are trying to take that role in the in the house if people that's still archaic that they're not in the loop as well as much yeah so. well i guess it's the barrier for both isn't it you know women are still stereotyped into that box which means that you know you're never going to be able to progress or get higher or be able to you know be in the the tech industry especially isn't exactly a part-time industry you know a lot of the time if something goes down you have to be there regardless of the time of day or night yeah um and without that support network if you've got children you know you are in you are in a problem Mm. and so it does stifle you a little bit as to how far your career could go if you were a single parent for example um which is not not very fair no no and that's the thing so if you're you, yeah you're trying to get into the industry there's there's more and more am i right in saying though you have won an award i was a finalist for oh. leading tech woman yeah that, i was a finalist that's incredible so who was that with and what other fantastic women were you in with the same pool um and was that voted or people choice how was that about came about? um so that was with uh the business exchange mm-hmm. um Anita does uh, the Techie Awards every year. Yeah. I think this was the eighth year. Um, I did put myself forward for the award, nice. um, but then it is judged by an independent panel of judges. Um, the lady who won, um, she was actually voted for or entered by her team. She actually had no idea that she was oh, in it. nice um, surprise. Yeah, so that was a really nice surprise for her. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice to get the finalist. You know, I was told that it was a really highly contested uh, category. It was a new category for this year as well. So she's never done that category before. Um, so yeah, to even be a finalist for leading tech woman in Swindon and Wiltshire um, is huge for me because, you know, like I say, eight, nine years ago, not only did I not know much about tech, but since knowing about it, I have tried to you know champion that actually it is okay to not only ask the stupid questions but you can still be in tech and and be able to ask those questions there is no stereotype about who you should or shouldn't be to be able to work in tech and you have so much self-belief because you like you you said oh i entered myself but yeah pat yourself on the back that you did because i done a lot of podcasts we did a big old section on getting women into tech and a lot of stats were around the fact that um, men will generally apply for a job because they fit 50% of the criteria where a woman would only apply for nine, 98 but they would have to be like 98% accurate that they knew they can do the job and we yeah. statistically don't put ourselves forward for things so what do you think were the drivers to make you go yeah I'm gonna apply was it that you've got your great husband support was it because not all of us shy away from doing it all the time um i think uh self-esteem and self-belief come it does come from within Mm -hmm. yes the people around you have a huge impact um but my biggest driver is that i have a daughter and if she doesn't believe in herself then you know i've not done a very good job as being a parent yeah. and the only way that she's going to believe in herself is if she has a role model to see that they, they do too and that's where i get my strength from and I, and that is where i get my you know okay what would i like her to behave like would i want her to do this is that the right thing to do you know if she looks back am i doing am i doing a good job as a role model you never get it perfect you're a parent <laughs> you know nobody knows no. what they're doing but, but part of being a parent in my eyes is to be able to teach her what is or isn't right. Your own boundaries, self-confidence, self-belief, and, and sticking to it. Mm. Um, there, there's a, a 
a funny thing in in the office or in our family that you know she's a preteen so the attitude that comes out of her is quite quite high level (laughs) I'm looking forward Um, to that (laughs) yeah yeah. um but but my saying to her is look you know you can't speak to me like that in any way that any other human can you know it doesn't matter if you're my daughter my husband my colleague or a client you have your own boundaries as to how you expect people to treat you and how people will speak to you and if that's not covered then you're allowed to say you know, mm. actually, I don't appreciate that. I'm going to walk away. Or that's not kind. That's not nice. Yeah. You know, because actually it is still a thing. Be kind is still so important. Um, yeah. Many people forget it. Yeah, no, no, I think that's true. And uh, I, I like that. I think um, we've done a lot of podcasts about um, optimization, working better, um, uh, supporting yourself with burnout and things like that. And I think... Mm. Um, probably as women or even entrepreneurs you're very um always putting maybe the business first or your kids first or and we're not very good at maybe putting the oxygen mask on ourselves and I think the fact that you're saying a lot of what I've been hearing from a lot of people that I've spoken to on the podcast is that unless you get the foundations right for yourself then you know you're not projecting the right things onto your colleagues onto your you know to your children and even one that really hit me was I always feel really guilty that I don't get my emails done. Uh, so it's, I have admin night um, and I do it all and I schedule it all in the morning thinking that, oh, it's not going to have an impact on my team because they're going to get everything they need from me in the morning. But I don't actually consider the fact that I respond to all their emails. So between 8 and 8.30, they have a scheduled email from me that lands. So they walk in at 8.45 with probably 100 responses, which is probably like... <laughs> an overwhelm like I thought I was doing the right thing by like getting back to them and I was like I'm not I'm not responding at midnight so I'm not putting that on them but they all knew oh she's worked all night to get through them and now we've got 100 responses to do so like even the things that you think you're putting in place so it was like creating barriers we've even talked about like there's going to be set times where no you don't do emails like you don't do meetings it's all whatever that balance is to breathe because unfortunately emails aren't going away and me staying up all night responding and scheduling them for them in the morning isn't making the issue any better um even though it's coming from a good place so yeah there's just I I like that about you know having your own back and boundaries and what things you want and 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 yeah and being role models or and if you haven't seen that role model being that role model for that next person either get into the industry would you want your kids to go into tech I hope so, because I do think it's the way the world's going to go. I do think that there's, you know, realistically, there's a lot of money in tech, you know, all honesty, there is. Um, And I do want them to have a skilled trade. Now, albeit Zoe has her eyes set on being a beautician, not going to lie, she does. That's a skilled Um, trade. But she she wants to be a beautician that owns her own salon. And that's what she has in her mind at the minute. She's 11. Things may change. Yes. Um, but she knows, you know, she's she's got a little bracelet business at the moment that she's been running. And I she's like, mommy, can I have a website? I was like, you can. You can go to Etsy. And so she did that herself. She looked it up. And she said, no, mommy, no, I can't do that. I was like, why can't, why? Everyone else does. She was like, well, the fees are too high. That's crazy. She was like, how much would it be if I got a website from you? And I was like, oh, what I I suppose I'd have to fund it. So (laughs) 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 and she was like, you see? (laughs) Um, So 
it's not even in a beautician or in a bracelet business or at 11 years old you know She's the business got. mind is still there and i think that's what's important ryan our step oh my stepson kyle's son um i don't know what he he loves computers mm. he loves being helpful he's a big people pleaser so at the minute, he'll just do anything to make anyone smile. So whatever that might be. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> very, well, they should yeah, do something very... together. She's got the business yeah. acumen and he's got the service acumen. So maybe they'll be a powerhouse yeah. together. I, I I really like that. Um, Obviously, we the importance of trying to get into pet tech, we've, we've kind of identified it's having the role models and people in there. Um, Are you, do you offer or involved or, or think mentorship and advocacy and opening those kind of doors are a good part like I don't know at Black Nova do you take t-levels or do you allow people to do work placements or if not um would you are is that future paths or ideas that you guys are thinking uh yeah so we do a number of different things we have work experience uh teenagers in most years um usually that consists of at least three uh young women mm-hmm. um what are they 14 on work experience i think uh this yeah. year we had two um so we almost always accept you know the women that come in or yeah. the young teenagers that come in um and they absolutely love it and quite frankly when i show them how to edit a wordpress site or if i show them how to code this or do this they pick it up quicker than i did when i took three years to you know mm. learn all of this stuff they're he- they're only here for five days and they've learned it all That's it great. just shows the ability that is there yeah um we had one girl uh sasha she came to us a few years well years ago now um, she came to us in our work experience week at 14. She then stayed with us for five to six years, got all of her coding qualifications with us. Um, she actually changed industry at that point and went to do horses. Um, <laughs> but her, she, uh, it was incredible, incredible how quick she could work, how much she could take in. Um, and I think it was, uh, you know, a real testament to actually how much um we forget the younger generation you know it's always like oh what you need is uh somebody to apply for the job that has eight years experience and you know knows what they're doing and actually these girls come in and they've had no experience and no more than you know not more than i do now but more than i certainly did in the first three years they'll learn in three days but they are ready they are brought up around tech yeah and that's because it's a new generation and also you know like you said if you go for the same people the same people that everyone's recruiting it's not changing the industry it's not opening diversity or inclusion or or bringing more women in if we're just hiring the same from the same pool or from the same way we would normally um so yeah I think that's you know that's another part of of what we need to break barriers to get more women in we've we've talked about how tech is continuously changing and and like your uh, your husband's very passionate about the fact that it's open to new horizons Obviously, tech has been very much driven by a male-dominated industry. Bringing more mm. women in, do you see? What would you see would be the impact of more women being involved? Well, that's a really good question. Mm. Um, <laughs> if I compared it to you know the way that Kyle and I work together, yeah. you know he's always the one that's got the new ideas and the and he's he's away with everything and i'm normally the one that sort of says right okay logically how is that going to happen let's plan it let's make it work um so maybe that's how you know the whole industry would go i don't really know i don't probably don't have enough experience around that but i do know that if we were more open to change 
um, at whether that's more women in the industry or whether that's more, you know, open to the ideas. I know that there's a lot of negative stigma around AI um, and there just shouldn't be. There just shouldn't be around anything to do with tech. It's actually here to enhance our lives and make it easier. Um, you know, washing machines are tech. You know, mm -hmm. Dyson Hoover's their tech. Uh, you know, you've, you've got to understand that all of these things were created to make our lives easier. Yet there's so much backlash for it all. And I, and I just think that more people need to be more open. And whether that's male or female, we need to be ready for change and, and bring it on with open arms. Interesting that you say more open. Um, do you find generally women are more open? I, I may have used this example before on a podcast. So apologies to everyone listens to everyone. But um. Uh, I went to an interesting event and we were talking about um, uh, recent hacks that had happened and how it spread quite quickly um, within the sector. And they did a research paper on it and the biggest thing of how, what could have stopped it was collaboration and, and of telling each other and picking up the phone and saying, this is in our world, it probably is going to come to yours, this is what to look out for. And um, oh, after I asked the lady who did the research paper and I said, oh, well, um, can I just ask how many how many of the key decision makers were men? Uh, and she was like, "Oh, well, that's an interesting question. Why why would why would you say that?" And I said, "Oh, well, I don't know any woman when shit goes down doesn't ring her best mate or isn't in the girls' mm -hmm. toilets when you know something happens at a bar or something. Mm -hmm. We are very mm -hmm. collaborative. Like you know, if the kids are messing up or we've tried a new hairstyle or we've dyed our hair and it's not landed, like the first thing yeah. you do is ring your significant best mate to be like, ah, you don't normally hide away. Like you, you want that kind of camaraderie and people around you. you know, like a heartbreak. I always got my mates around me and they always had ice cream. You know that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering whether you use the word open. Uh, and I, I. You always kind of use the word empathy that I think that might bring into it a different dynamic um, within the tech industry. So I find that quite interesting that you use quite a similar or concept or wording that I always think brings to the table. Yeah, I think men and women communicate differently, um, wildly. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, they do. And so when things do go wrong or, you know, inevitably, even in our own business, things have gone wrong a few years ago. Um, and the communication plan was was done by me. The mm. tech was done by Kyle. Right. Um, and that wasn't that wasn't you know deliberate. That was because you know actually I would communicate it. I would talk to people. I would share the news. And I do think, as you say, I think women would far more likely, whether it's good news or bad news, they'd share it. Yes. There's no ego in between. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think sometimes there can be a and maybe I'm stereotyping, but you know, men do have an ego in front of them that maybe would feel like they've failed if they're sharing bad news. When in actual fact, what they're doing is is trying to you know get the industry to change um, by. Uh, and I think it forward. comes I, like whether that stereotype or whatever. I think we both. I'm sure we both are coming you know from our marriages. Is that I think men do have this protection of the cave sort of thing. Um, you know, looking after it, making sure that everyone feels safe, and it comes from a really good place. And I, and but I think it does drive. I mean, my husband is in another very male orientated in construction, and I feel like they have very similar things. Um, and again, a missing kind of component is I sometimes think, oh, it just needs a bit of womanly love in that, doesn't it? Really, you're just a bit <laughs> cold. And if it was said differently, yeah. maybe it would have landed differently. And sometimes, like I hear him on a call, I'm like, you're very blunt. And he's like, well, that's mm -hmm. how we talk to each other. And I was like. If you're, you know, 
few adjectives and that might have gone a bit nicer but you know that's, <laughs> that's how you want to play that's how you want to play um yeah but uh yeah I, uh, going back to how you work with your husband I have to applaud you I don't know I don't know if me and my husband would survive 10 years <laughs> not always <laughs> easy no no easy. I think it would be different um yeah. closing a, a bit of a final question because I appreciate you're a busy lady with probably school runs and things to do and everything today <laughs> As a woman that's in tech or anyone that might be hoping that's listening to the podcast or thinking about it or dipping their toe in, um, how would you encourage and, and what would you say is a few kind of nice ease stepping stones to getting someone into the industry if they're thinking about it? Um, I think it depends on what part of tech you want to go into, but just don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to go into uh, somewhere and ask for work experience. Don't be afraid to sign up to a course um that there's loads out there there actually is the availability it's just that we're too afraid as women to think that it's a male industry and it's not the courses are out there there are free courses online there are plenty actually of businesses that will give you work experience or will give you you know okay if you want to work here these are the xyz criteria that you need to do and you can go ahead and do it there are people that will be helpful out there you just need to have the confidence in yourself to ask I like that. I think being brave. And I think your whole nice wraparound story is that you were clearly very brave to take on a business, build a business, put yourself <laughs> forward, have two kids, moved more houses than I want to move. I'm putting it out there. I'm not doing three yeah. moves. <laughs> One, it's enough. Um, Daniel, yeah. thank you so much. Um, I hope this is not the end of us speaking. I hope eventually I might get to meet your husband too. I uh, yeah. love the whole sustainable message. I think that's fantastic. If anyone is looking for your services or hosting in any sort of way, where would they get hold of you? Um, well, I'll have to say my own website, which hopefully everyone likes because we <laughs> did design our own website. Uh, so blacknovadesigns.co.uk. Um, have a look. We've, we've all got our own astronauts, so you can have a look at those. Um, oh, and all of that. our services and contact information are on there. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janelle. I'm really appreciating your time and speaking to us. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Well, that was another lovely podcast. Um, some key takeaways from that is that I think it doesn't matter what background you're from, you can get yourself in to the tech industry um so much kudos to danielle to having a family starting a business with her husband for it to survive 10 years but also to really stick to what they believe in and i love the fact that they are pushing the sustainability looking after the coral and allowing diversity and women to join their business to have experience um yeah i think they're a fantastic family-run business that gives me the warm feels so thank you so much danelle for joining us carl i hope i'll get to meet you very very soon um yeah it was empowering it's bringing women into tech and i hope it provided some valuable insights into an industry which we don't talk about much actually about website hosting and that side of things and design while we're all really passionate about promoting diversity inclusion and mentorship so i really hope that was a nice little podcast for you to listen to and i hope that you can join us very soon as always your insights um you sharing re-liking giving us comments of more of what you would like to see really helps us on the journey of what the core podcast offers so please connect and engage and um yeah i hope you listen soon thanks